please pull up a seat and wind down. Was your sojourn on Rock and Jima a pleasant one? The witch of theatre-going has invited you to a tea party. We hope you choose to attend. To a hidden tea party. My name is Courtney. I'm the witch of video games. Pronouns she, her. Incredibly sorry for the pod hiatus. We were living in bank holiday hell. And these are my guests. I was imprisoned in the locked room called visiting my parents. Yes, yes. <laughs> and I was on holiday. We were Aww. very busy. Yeah, um, I was also on holiday. So it was it was a bit of a... You know, everyone's booking holidays because it's the bank holiday. So, you know what? It's the pains of being British. Yeah, we got like a double bubble because somebody got crowned as king, which seems fake to me. There is only one king, the king of my heart, Ryukishio (laughs) 7. Sure. Okay. Yeah. I I believe that. I know you're a huge fan. Yeah. Hi, my name's Rowan. I'm the biggest Umineko fan on this podcast. Um, if it, this is oh! anyone's first time listening, I'm the person that first read Umineko and introduced everyone to it. I, I no! just love Umineko. <laughs> I'm going to do what I did last time and just remove all references to your name as a, uh, as punishment. Oh my god. Hi, I'm Jess. My pronouns are they, them, and I hate Umineko and I always have. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, hi, I'm Courtney, and I'm the neutral one. I'm the <laughs> I guess so. Everyone's perspectives. <laughs> everybody, everybody always says Courtney's so balanced. Yeah, I'm so balanced. I like, you know, I'm like fair on Ryukishi. I, she's, I only let him get away with some bullshit. Courtney never has a really <laughs> she... strong opinion on anything, really. Um... <laughs> <laughs> you know it. You know. <laughs> okay. Well, <laughs> this week we did something a little bit different. We read the manga, yes. uh, which we've never done before. We supplemented so the game with things that make the game make sense. Yeah. yeah, so the manga was, all the additional stuff in the manga was approved by Ryukishi, even though obviously he didn't write or draw this. Yeah. It is content that he also, he signed off on. No shade to Ryukishi or anything, but you can tell that he didn't write or draw this. Why? Because they have fingers? Because <laughs> yeah. they have fingers. The art <laughs> the art's actually really good and it's better written than the game is. <laughs> oh no. Well to be fair to be fair, it is easier sorry, not easier. It is more helpful when it comes to writing, if you have drawings to help supplement your storytelling. That's surely the point of a visual novel, <laughs> is that you can add <laughs> stories to supplement. <laughs> to add well, the thing is, the original release didn't have any CGs or anything. It was just... Um, it was just... He could have. Just the Animal Crossing are... He could have decided to cut down the actual text by half and spend some time drawing some background images. Like, he could have done that. Um, I will I will allow the background images because it is kind of funny. Because he took photos at least. And I feel like... Mm. Yeah, he took photos and put a cartoon filter on them. Which is, is that really funny. how he did that? 
Yeah, you that is how know. he did that. Yeah. <laughs> Being the number one Umineko fan, actually. That's so funny. You can go visit the holiday island where he took the photos for Umineko. I can't believe say. this man was like, I'm going to make a visual novel, but I don't want to do any visuals. Um, <laughs> so I'm, I'm gonna... only well... going to do novel bit. <laughs> he did do the sprites. The sprites were all him. Yes. Um... I think his best work is uh, the Sikonia sprites, uh, partly because he got someone else to colour them. So uh, I think they were quite fun. Um, <laughs> I think yeah, Rikishi yeah. needed to accept that he was a writer and not an editor or an artist. And, and hire some therefore... people. Yeah. Hmm. I mean, he hired people to do the music, at least. That uh, is good. That, like, uh, you can tell, the music's very good. <laughs> uh, Higarashi, for the first four episodes, had, like, stock, like music like free to use music uh it wasn't until episode five where he started hiring people to do the music for him motherfucker so. logged on to fiverr and was like pour your heart and soul into this project for five pounds. <laughs> no, for five what happened was someone emailed him and was like higurashi's your, music your is shit can i write music some sucks. <laughs> yeah can i do it and then like he, that same guy worked on uh, Umaneko. maybe i really well, should so. maybe i really should email him and say hey can we edit Umaneko down into something that's good i'll help you pay me lots of money and then re-release it as a game pay me lots of money <laughs> i think honestly if it ever wanted to get like a fully voiced international release it would need to be edited down oh yeah uh, the reason he won't look, he, he he says that um, like Higurashi on Switch can't be uh, localized is because um, it's too much tech, <laughs> which oh, is fair. So funny. It's as long as the King James Bible. Um, Jesus Christ! Um, literally, <laughs> one may uh, one may call it the King Ryokishi Bible. I oh, slay. Yeah, I think, I think you could you could throw the entire visual novel um, kind of out the window. If you had a version of the manga where the browser played some of the cool music at you while you read bits of it, there is and an I think app that would that be a yeah, like I think that would be a better experience than playing the game based off the very small bit of the manga I've read anyway. <laughs> um, yeah, I think if you could get both the voice acting and the music like throughout, I um, care slightly less about the voice acting, but I know that some people really like that and feel like that adds a lot so um yeah that's fair what i will say about the manga is it has given me hope for silent hill f <laughs> um because it's reminded me of one of my strong theories which is ryokishi has a quite a lot of competent writing in him and good ideas to like edit and put ever. it together and yeah and i feel like i'm I don't know how much Ryokeshi was like, I would like this to happen in the manga and how much like someone else was like, are you going to actually explain how the mystery works? <laughs> could we do that? Yeah. In the manga? Um, do you think I know that? that but this was in response to uh, frustrations with episode seven. Yeah, no shit. I, I cannot imagine having like the kind of level of feral that you have explained the Human Echo fandom contains and contained within it. Like the kind of level of fan of the kind of person that was like reading Human Echo as it came out and super dedicated and had like was posting on all the forums. Like I dedicate quite a lot of my life to Human Echo because I'm on this podcast. I cannot imagine 
every waking second thinking and talking about Umareko and the amount of letdown that that episode must have been being like I trusted you and you yeah. gave me no response like I cannot imagine that that's like that's like Game of Thrones level betrayal I think as well like when it was coming out maybe people thought oh this will elab- be elaborated on in episode 8 but obviously Ryukishi knew that it wouldn't be <laughs> everyone, like probably everyone sat there going like don't worry it'll all be explained next time and Ryukishi has to worm his way out of the woodwork and be like sorry no that was it <laughs> yeah so sorry my dude I will say it, that wasn't the universal response because some people just uh, managed to sort of put together theories and were satisfied with their theories it's just the people who wanted a concrete answer felt a bit um, upset well, especially because I think Higarashi is more explains more of what's going on without having to rely on extra material yeah this is the thing because like when when a fandom gets so feral about serialized content and it's like oh i wish my blobos would kiss etc etc like it can be really hard to release that content because you're never gonna make everyone happy yeah like i'm sure fucking raylo shippers loved the ending of star wars the the most recent star wars movies i'm sure raylo shippers adored it as someone who was like significantly anti-raylo i was like well this sucks for me but you can't fan service for everybody Mm. so i have some sympathy for Ryukishi here in terms of like what he was doing was really difficult I just don't think the response should be actually I'm gonna give a wishy-washy answer so that everybody's response can be correct yeah yeah I agree everybody everybody's Um, a winner and I'm like no I think everyone lost actually uh life is hard give us an answer yeah I will say people did put together put together the intended solutions without the re-kishy yeah some bitch solved the epitaph on episode oh, four yeah, and something right. so i fucking listened to the adam episodes recently and i'm fucking oh God, furious I'm so <laughs> i haven't heard so them funny. is it really that bad i was listening along and being like this guy makes me feel so stupid because he's putting things together as if this was completely clear and i was like and <laughs> And it's and it's also just meme lord bullshit, <laughs> but it's true. Yeah, I stand by that. Adam has a maths degree, which probably helps. Not even the epitaph, just the epitaph, just general kind of things. Yeah, um, uh, Adam was immediately like, "So Shannon Cannon are the same person." It's interesting though that um, he came to that conclusion because he had less information than we did. Because he saw Shannon yeah. and Cannon's name on a piece of paper next to each other and went, they're really similar, so they're the same person. Whereas yeah. we were like, we knew that there are like seven servants who all have the same kind of thing, name, and not all of them right. are there. So we're like, oh, they can't all be the same person. So to some extent, we were, yeah, I think, I feel like our ov- information overload uh, was... Um, but it did not help us itself is not the essence of witches because be to be a witch is to obscure the truth with beautiful lies ergo okay um, umaneko is the truest uh, let's form get into this reading because it's just shut that down immediately to cover over the truth <laughs> i'm just saying 
it's self-justifying, which is the most irritating thing. So we open the manga, we get um, some a lovely shot of uh, the Beato portrait and then immediately titties. Yay! Instantly. Titties. I've been thinking well, about the titties. shirt because I've been looking at it too much. Um, did the Yushiromiya's not have a tailor? Like, do they not have enough money that they could get this person a shirt that fits? Because you can tailor shirts so that they will fit. This just doesn't. <laughs> well, I mean, this is intentionally not for a not for a servant, it. probably. Yeah, no, I think they just assume Genji will sort it, and Genji and like obviously Shannon's like to Genji, uh, don't do that because they're fake. <laughs> Lol. Uh, sure. Yeah. I mean, at this stage, moving on. I've just been thinking uh, about that. So we get a sort of brief rundown of stuff we already knew. Uh, Sayo grew up quite lonely, uh, made imaginary witch friends, and uh, also desired for a, for a family, similar to uh, how she grew up with Genji and Kumasawa, who obviously gave gave them special attention because uh because they knew the truth yeah it's like uh, they're the really audience. nice to me for some reason like i wonder why um there's a few bits in this bit that i want to pick up on um the first being that i can't remember how this came up but um it is revealed in this section that battler's blonde big titted fantasy woman is like is modelled after Rudolph's porn stash that oh, Battler yes. has clearly come I've... across at some point in his life and been like, that's the woman for me. And that's tracks so badly, and I hate it. Um, yeah. Anyway, um, there's also... Yeah, it, it really does. <laughs> Shout yeah, out to the so... porn mag for being called Eros. Yeah. <laughs> Because there's, like, a little tape there. Did he sit and, like, watch the video? Like, this isn't just magazines. I don't know. But it's not It's not uh, out of character for Rudolph to just, um, uh, you know, leave that kind of stuff lying around. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. Oh, God, no. It really isn't. Um, also, as, a, as I'm looking, um, Battler's young Battler has a change of outfit. Um, it goes way harder. The checked pants, 10 out of 10. Mm, yeah. Love it. Yeah, yeah, the check pants are very good. Um, we uh, uh, we see uh, uh, yes, uh, Sayo trying to appeal more to Battler's sensibilities. Uh, reading a magazine says the secret to a bigger bust. Yeah, there's it's yeah. it's sad and it's also interesting because the manga really goes into like Sayo being upset at like not hitting traditional woman milestones like periods, getting boobs, getting curves and puberty and all of that kind of stuff, like hating mirrors because it shows that they're different to how they want to be perceived. And um, yeah. it very much mirrors some trans narratives, I would say. Yeah. Um, yes, definitely. But it also, it also like makes me really curious about why Saya was raised a girl in the first place. Um... Um, and like so I don't know if we know the answer to that we don't really get a definitive answer it's either to help disguise Sayo's origin or because of how damaged 
Well, Sarah this is. Genitals were. I had. I had a. Th- I had a thought because I did wonder. We know that Nanjo is not a good doctor. Is it? No! Is it possible that because of the damage done to Sayo's body, Nanjo didn't know what sex this child was? So they just kind of guessed. Oh. <laughs> That's so funny. That's so funny. Nandrew's like really shyly like, well, there's no penis there, so I guess. I guess woman. Um, ooh, ooh, ooh. Nandrew tough confirmation, ew. Like, I... Oh, boy. Because, like, that seems to me to be the most compelling reason why you would do this. Like, I don't think raising a child who has dick fallen off syndrome... Um, because I have no idea what to call whatever has happened in this situation. Um, raising that child as a girl and telling them that they're a girl is not more, is not like less cruel <laughs> than letting the kid grow up yeah. as a boy and re- them realizing they're different because they're going to be different in both scenarios. I guess, um, I, I my my read on this is Genji is so bad at like understanding how growing up in children works. He's one of these people who was like, I was never a child. Um, that he like hasn't figured out. He's not like really not thought about puberty, and he's like, well, no dick and balls, so no puberty. Look like a girl forever. Yeah, voice will never drop. We're good. Yeah. No other issues I can foresee. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, being being as Genji is an entirely sexless man, I can believe that of him. He's not a sexless man, though. I wrote fanfic with him where he had beautiful sex. True. Um, <laughs> Confirmed. I've been thinking. Um, so there is a bit in one of the Austin Powers movies where he does a bunch of bits. Can't about, wait to like, see how this is relevant. Uh, <laughs> 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 um, bits where he like stuffs like chess pieces into his mouth to try and be sexy he's like wooing someone over a game of chess and the whole time i was just like i have seen this done so much better (laughs) i was like this is so funny because he's like licking a chess piece to try and see sexy and i'm like oh that's so gauche get do better (laughs) have you read jess's fanfic i'm like at least swallow it you know (laughs) right (laughs) right you can get more than one piece in there. Yeah. But yeah, it it does it the manga really goes into Sayo having this kind of gender crisis because they are not aging in the same way as the servant girls around them and stuff. Um and it's really sad and it's clear that nobody has explained anything. Um like someone asks uh, Sayo for a tampon and they're like, oh, I still haven't yeah. started. They yet. don't know that like, they're not going to get a period. Um, yeah. yeah. They're just assuming um, that it's late and and stuff. Um, yeah, and they have a, a and breakdown like, they, and decide to like help deal with their gender feelings. They start being canon yeah like canon here is portrayed much less as like i'm sure he is also like a friend um but he's portrayed as well as more like conscious as a conscious attempt to fit into a gendered expectation using their natural body 
So they're kind of like, yeah. okay, I don't like, I'm not looking like a girl, so I look like a boy. So if I pretend to be a boy, maybe I'll be comfortable in how I look like. And then, yeah. but they're also like, they've constructed their idea of boy and are acting yes, like that. Right. And it's like, okay, what are boys? They are rude. They are quiet. They are brutally honest. They are like pessimistic. <laughs> Where um, where they've got this from is beyond me because I'm looking at the like other people their age and I'm like, are you trying to be Kenji? Like who who are you modeling yourself? They after did go here? to they did go to school, so there could have oh, been boys yeah, yeah. boys their age at school possibly. Um, who we don't I think also like... they're trying to go for the opposite of Shannon. Yeah. They're like, if Shannon's like ideal femme, then this is ideal mass. I think as well, they talk about how like, how like Canon helps them deal with their feelings. And I'm like, oh, this is like, um, mm-hmm. when they're Canon, they don't have to do this whole performance of femininity constantly. They don't have to be polite and elegant and happy all the time. So like dropping that yeah. helps them kind of take some of the pressure off sometimes i think as well um yeah that's interestingly observed damn which is a critique on gender roles again (laughs) yeah yeah Uh, what sort of blue moon this thing comes across gold would love to sit sayo down and do like a gender bread man yes (laughs) yeah do the like scales thing of like hmm hmm yeah, like what I, I really one of the things I really liked about this reading is that it goes into the gender aspect of it so much more than the game ever has. Yeah. Um because yeah. it's really interesting and fucked up, but really interesting. Um yeah. I, at yeah. least for me, this was so much more humanizing than I think Sayo's ever gotten before mm. because previously I was like, I I don't understand how you've got from here to here. Yeah. Whereas this feels and maybe it's just because this is an experience that i can understand personally but i was just like yeah no yeah i this 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 is the first time i've truly like gone i can see how this umaneko person is a person rather than Mm. just a character and also like as much as it is a little bit confusing how the whole situation started with the um lacerations and the the inj- the exact nature of the injury and what it was i am also quite glad that neither the game or the manga has spent a long time dwelling on the exact nature of this child's genitals um, yeah yes true. i i think that was a good choice yeah on both parts so like <laughs> yes it, it kind of doesn't really make sense but i'm like i prefer this to the alternative of trying to really over explain it and focus on it too much because that would just be really kinzo notices that sayo has a scar right. on their foot <laughs> from where they had uh, extra toe removal surgery they ah! yeah so right what about this? so in the actual scene genji like kinzo doesn't explain exactly what he's noticed but it's clear from evidence that he realizes that this is his child but what we actually get is basically Shannon fucking drops some hot food on herself and Kumasawa takes her sock off to try and like make sure she's not burnt. And she's got a little mark high like on the top of her foot, but like quite high up, like not really near her toes. And I was like, oh, that's the burn from where she's dropped her food. 
Um, <laughs> so from this, this scene for me looked like Kinzo just looked at a perfectly normal foot and was like, that's my fucking foot. I know exactly what that toe is. But I was like, <laughs> but I was like, she doesn't have six toes. Because that's what I was expecting that reveal to be was that she had six toes and that's how. But then then it said like, oh, that was the scar from the toe removal surgery. And I was like, right, okay, this scene now makes sense to me. <laughs> yeah, this makes some It's sense horribly foot related. Assume... It's miserable. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. You see a whole, we see a whole less toes. I assume you have to remove toes that far up because that's where the bones are connected. I didn't think they that surgery existed, but... There we go. It's probably the right place for that scar. It's just a confusing yeah, place. I, I also, yeah, I um, I don't know about it. I don't know if that's how it works. I don't know if it's normal to have extra toes and stuff removed as a child. Like, I don't know if that's something that usually happens or whether it's, you know. Um, but yeah, um, <laughs> it's also really funny because Kinzo sees this kid's foot, is absolutely furious, and just turns to Genji and goes, You rat! <laughs> 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 I was like, Ooh, spicy. There's trouble in paradise. Yeah, yeah. Like, Kinzo's anger here is strange to me because I'm like, Some of this feels well placed, but then I'm like, He's like, You rat. And I'm like, oh shit, oh shit, because he's like, damn, he's just realised to start the cycle all over again. Uh, I think, yeah, he's just realised that Genji's been keeping his own kid a secret from him. Um, yeah, but like, he must know why. Yeah, I don't know, I don't know. It... <laughs> and the upshot of that is that Kinzo's like, Shannon, come shoot my gun with me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> as if that, as if that would prove something. I was like, does he think his own g- kid would be extra it's good with the gun? Bonding. It just, it felt, it felt like trying to add extra proof to me, which didn't make any sense at all. Because um, I was like, oh yeah, Kinzo's like, any child of mine will be able to hit a bullseye without ever having fired a gun before. <laughs> or something like that. But um, yeah, no, they're just kind of chilling and Shannon's just really confused. Kinzo might have worked out, but no one's explained it to them yet, naturally. Yeah, and we sort of get an insight into their um, their daily life, spending time with Jessica, uh, bonding with Maria, and ultimately falling in love with George, sort of. Yeah, um, um, oh, I, that's so I sad for me, because... It, the George stuff is really tragic. <laughs> because, like... One of Shannon, like Shannon's main attraction to George is number one, he treats her like a girl. And number two, he also wants to get married and have children. And I'm like, your standards, Shannon, they're so low. (laughs) I'm so sorry you could find that anywhere, but like, it had to be this man. Um, But also that they've, you know, Shannon Sayo's based their entire future on I'm going to marry and have children with this man, uh, not knowing that that is not possible. Yeah. yeah. Um, and we see them when they uh they find the gold 
Uh, so this is sort of glossed over because we got a more in-depth look at the epitaph solving in the VM. Yeah, uh, what I wanted to ask is, um, is does this scene in the manga replace all of the backstory stuff we get in the VN? Or is there extra backstory stuff in the manga before this point or after this point as well? So we kind of get some more details and stuff that isn't really delved into here, like their time as a servant, the roles of uh, uh, Gap and... Uh, you know, Claire Beatrice, mm-hmm. uh, stuff like that, that's not really delved into here, uh, but this, this is gives the meat more details on stuff that, yeah, yeah, this, this also removes any, like, theatre-going stuff, so it's That's really fair, I didn't really literal. think that added much, to be honest, um, yeah, so, um, yeah, that's, uh, I, I really that's kind of how this sort of slots in. I also I really like the way that the artists did the scene where Genji Nanjo mm. and Kumasawa are explaining Sayo's backstory to them. Um mm. because like essentially Sayo is clearly basically just having a panic attack while mm-hmm. all three yeah. of these people who are just kind of represented as like black silhouettes with like eyes and a mouth are just like calmly explaining all of this hideous stuff to them mm-hmm. um and like yeah it's just very it's very horror it's very um it's good <laughs> yeah there's some really there's oh, fuck, there's some really good art in this i love the like um Beato upside down mm. falling with the dress and then the like fetus behind it's such a good like little frame there's some really nice stuff there's the like um focus on the eyes and the mouth which echoes like stuff that happens with the visual novel with the like teeth thing and I'm like damn this this is this this is what it must be like to read Umineko and have love <laughs> like <laughs> Yeah, like, like as well, like it's not just the art as well. It's feels? it's like the frame, like the way that the <laughs> frames are positioned, like the composition of the whole page is really well done as well. Yeah, um, yeah, I I appreciated the artistry of this um, in a way yeah. that I haven't yeah. felt for the game. Um, Love that. Yeah. Um, yeah, <laughs> that that's fair. Uh, I do think this is all very well mm. put together, and so obviously once. Sayo finds out all the information that we have, we've already covered before. Uh, yeah, they just have a complete breakdown because um, <laughs> both the people they have expressed attraction to, they've, they found out they're related to, and they also just can't have children. Yes. Like, that's basically the two worst things they could possibly hear. Yeah. Um, it's also interesting in this scene that I can't remember which one of them says it, but one of Nanjo, Genji, and Kumasawa says um, that, you know, this all happened because they were, and I quote, unable to save your poor mother's life. And I was like, they weren't unable to save Beatrice's life. They were unwilling. Like, because any of them, the other any three of you. any of the three of them could easily have saved Beatrice from that situation, but they chose not to. Yeah, easily. Um, but yeah, it's it's also it's also interesting because up until this point, like the the Gap and Claire Beatrice figures have been kind of present in the the narrative, just in the background, helping with stuff, being fun, you know. But 
in the moment that Sayo's processing all this, it's the, you know, the Beatrice that we know, the OG in her big dress, mm-hmm. who appears and she's like the she's then the evil witch figure who becomes like the the nasty mocking kind of side of Sayo, who's kind of just saying like, you know, you're doomed, you shouldn't have ever been born, like all of that kind of like really nasty um mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, inner demon well, kind of furniture, stuff. Yeah. Which is this where this is kind of as we knew, like the furniture stuff in Sayo's mind refers to the fact that they uh can't have, have no pee pee the point where they can't have no yeah. no pee pee gone. Yeah, I, I Yeah, they can't have kids. <laughs> yeah, they can't have kids and they can't kind of fulfil their their love fantasy and that therefore that I think like, it doesn't track that that doesn't make them human, obviously. But I can see from their own perspective why they would feel that way because they pinned all of their hopes and dreams on that as a goal. Um, the the thing that is fun about this section is that we get to watch that take place. We get to watch that unfold in their mind. Yeah, the feelings develop. Conclusion. And I'm like, this feels satisfying because I understand how you've gotten from this point to this point. Sure, okay, I understood in theory, but it's nice to be shown. Yeah, I was it's like, because nice be before I was like, I could kind of guess, but it's nice mm. It's nice to get that in the narrative and be like, okay, yeah, this is, yeah. It's it's nice yeah. to be told that, to actually get a definite answer for something. Yeah, yeah. Um, but part of the fun of this is like, we're being rewarded for being correct as well. Yeah. Like, this is satisfying because we're like, damn, yeah, no, my theory is correct. Oh my God, this is horrible. Also, I hate to say it because it's not really true, but it kind of is. Do you remember that um, that moment of a while ago where they had, in the game, it said something like, furniture can't, and then it was four asterisks. And I was like, furniture can't <gasps> fuck. And I was, oh I was kind of right though, wasn't I? Um, you literally were. I don't know what else. Oh, 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 it was love. It was love. I think it was supposed yeah. to be love, but like it also very much with the whole having children thing in this, it also is fuck um, as a means of procreation. Um, so, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Bitch can still give head. Come on. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but Jaws ain't gonna want it. Yeah, someone, I don't think that's gonna help. Someone... Uh, Someone send Sayo Rudolph's porn stack. <laughs> they'll, uh, they'll soon sort it all out. It's fine. No. Um. Oh, and yeah. yeah um, so like, and then Sayo has to go back to just kind of living normally. Yeah, Sayo decides to hide hide the gold because um nothing good came of it. Basically, she just they just kind of want to pretend that nothing happened really because everything they learned was horrible yeah which i think you really you really understand more from this depiction than you get in the game because you see much more of the internal impact that this has had uh i also hadn't before considered and the manga points this out whether game didn't that sayo then had to live in the house taking orders from natsui knowing that natsui had pushed them off a cliff as a baby Oh yeah. I hadn't I hadn't fully like realized that they were like working for their attempted murderer. Um Yeah. Yikes. Yeah. Um yeah. That poor kid. Um one thing also that the manga does, and I don't know how it does it 
how it deals with this earlier on Mm-mm. in the manga, obviously. But it is so much more obvious here that Shannon and Cannon are the same person based on their character designs. Because there are some frames, like, for example, when um, Jessica is confessing her feelings to Cannon, about Cannon to Shannon. Yeah. And you get a shot of what I believe to be Shannon's face looking down with the floppy hair and the sad eyes. And I'm like, oh, shit, that's Cannon. And then I looked a bit harder and it's wearing the hat. And I was mm. like, oh, shit, no. And I was like, this... Mm, this feels much more believable than them having literally separate hair and eye colors. Yeah, as well as completely yeah. Well, this films. is the thing is because because the black obviously the manga's in black and white. You like the hair is styled differently, but as far as you can tell, it's the same color and stuff. I never really understood from in the game why the hair had to be different colors and why one well, of them was, was, a, I think it was presumably wearing a wig. A um, yeah, but like. Yeah, I, just, I don't really like. I, I think it is canonically a wig, but um, but yeah. Uh. Which one, Shannon's? Uh, uh, ca- Cannon's. Yeah, like <laughs> you can't. Like I don't know how. Like <laughs> it just. I don't know. I don't know. Um. Um. So oh, this is also where we get the reveal that uh, the strange smile from Kinzo's study is preservative. Yeah. Uh, we kind of already worked that out, but you know. They're like, we uh, need a new fridge. <laughs> Kinzo Stein gets smelly. Yes. <laughs> um, and then so I ask about all the skeletons underground, and Genji reveals uh, about the stuff with the with the gold and all the uh, soldiers that died. So we get confirmation that those are just still. This there. is really interesting, um, actually, because Saya like literally she says she like Saya finds the bones all piled into one room, and like so presumably they've been collected there a little bit. Um, under the mansion but I'm like where the fuck is this room and how on earth did Sayo just end up kind of coming across it <laughs> um, that's not explained yeah, that's a bit it's weird one of the... it's probably one of the rooms from the military base because obviously um, like Tenzo never really like got that renovated because he doesn't want, didn't want anyone to find yeah, the Yeah, so is it like in the tunnels no. like did they did Sayo supposedly then explore around where, like, the Golden Land yeah, room probably is just the... and, and found yeah. it or something. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, also, absolutely fucking iconic, we get a, like, imagined shot of Kinzo carrying, uh, like, Beato out of the, the bloody thing, and he's got this, like, no eyes, just sort of shaded in yeah. face, and then this, like, jagged smile, and I'm, like, fully, like, he he would... Um, he was the king and she was his queen and god forbid anybody his <laughs> queen. I'm like this is so funny like Kinzo Joker moment. Yeah. Insane. Well as well because um, like Sayo assumes like obviously the in the game the um the depiction we get is not this but Sayo assumes Kinzo was the one who killed all of those people so that he could have Beatrice yes. and the gold to himself and I'm like honestly wouldn't be surprised we did kind of talk about that at the time. <laughs> We never get confirmation on this either way. So again, it's really up to... But yeah, Sayo clearly has absolutely no love for Kinzo whatsoever. So, like, very willing yeah. to go for this. It'll be interesting, because it's quite probable the truth is maybe somewhere in mm. between where someone else might have started it, but Kinzo saw an opportunity. But, well, there was you know, there was that one bit which suggested that Kinzo suggested it. 
but that doesn't necessarily mean he started it um yeah we get the we then get the like we also something to note we're like hard cutting between scenes there's no fluff mm. and this creates a really dizzying effect but also it's clear refreshing to have like here's the plot um so we have jessica um talking about canon a bit to shannon um to shannon which is a lovely bit of irony um shannon's having some yeah i think it's it's interesting because like this story from this point really goes into like Sayo's in a turmoil of wanting to tell both George and Jessica the truth about who they are and why they can't be in a relationship but also really liking the fact that two people have loved a part of themselves and not wanting to give that up Um, but also it's really fucking sad because even though Jessica knows Shannon really well and is supposedly in love with Canon she can't tell of the same person and she she really should be able to (laughs) Like, one would believe from their looks alone if nothing else like yeah i was the best i was best friends with twins in high school and you could tell them apart like quite easily even though they were super identical twins the, and this is you, not that situation should... <laughs> it's kind of the yeah, opposite surely you <laughs> should be able to tell damn these voices the same the voices the same the eyes oh, the same um Using, <laughs> solving the fucking epitaph and using the 10 tons of gold just to hire a voice coat. <laughs> uh. Insane. Um, so what I'm going to do with Patreon money. <laughs> um, so so- I, I find this scene fascinating because we have this scene with basically all three of Sire's personas arguing. You've got Beatrice, Cannon, and Shannon. Mm-hmm, and... Yeah. Uh, Beatrice is sort of mocking them, talking about, you know, how dare you want to be with your the son of your, your own sister? Why do you want to repeat Kinzo's mm. sins? Canon ding, like, I want to be with Jessica. Why must you why must you make me hurt Jessica? Um Yeah, and being like, Jessica's not a second best for if George doesn't work out, that kind of thing as well. Like Yeah. And also Beatrice being like what, you know, your family sucks if you tell them that you have the gold, uh, like, something horrible will happen to you, basically. Um, yeah, they've really they've really wrapped that... themselves into a really awkward situation here, you can tell. Um, with the having multiple yeah. presentations, different loves, and then the whole who they are incest thing. Um yeah, like, yeah, the whole, like, oh, you're repeating Kenzo's sin mm, is such a fascinating, like, take on that. I was like, yeah. oh, juicy. Ugh. Like, Saya then has nightmares of George not accepting them after they've kind of decided they really want to tell him. And I'm like, yeah, I, honestly, like, let alone the incest thing. Like, George, I don't think would accept the gender situation, even if yeah. they weren't related. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't believe he's that liberal. So, <laughs> um... I think they're right. I think they would lose all of the love if people did find out who they were, um, which is miserable. You can, you can really see how this person got tangled into this situation, which is funny to me. And like, it's, it's like not a- like they decided not to tell the, either of them either. They've 
they try, like, they keep trying to do it. And, like, even the aquarium date, they were like, oh, this is a perfect opportunity. I'll do it the aquarium date. And then they couldn't. Like, they yeah. keep kind of setting up situations in which they're like, I'll tell them the truth and then can't. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, I I, I want to uh, cycle round to Jessica approaching Canon, which is very funny because Jessica does exactly what I do when I'm trying to woo someone, which is be like, "Hi, here's a mixtape." <laughs> Bye. Um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. Really funny. Like, oh, do you want to listen to this playlist? I don't think there's been a single person I've dated who I've what, what, what would be on it? For. It's like the eighties. Like, what songs do you think they come out? I bet that fucking slaps. Tragedy. I bet. <laughs> <laughs> it's relevant no that's i'm not i don't think that's 80s that might not be 80s i'm just it's it just seemed it was thematic um it's a bit it's a bit early for riot girl um but i imagine if jessica was around in the 90s r.i.p jessica you would have loved riot girl. <laughs> yeah uh link in the episode description <laughs> to jessica's playlist which i'll make oh my god please do yeah. i will actually put it there um, listener, listener, I love you. Here's a mixtape. That's beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> the red mixtape. I love that. So, uh, and then we get like the final, like, kind of kick, uh, kick in the stomach for Sayo, which is Natsuhi revealing the battle is coming. The if things weren't years. complicated enough, yeah. battle is back. Yeah. yeah. And um, this sort of manifests in the form of their child yeah, self. Yeah, baby Sayo's like, yeah. Butler's coming back. He didn't forget me. And then, like present day, so I was like, "Oh God, I'm so tired." We get the representation of a spider getting tangled in its own web, which is fun considering the other spiders we've met in this game. I I, I liked mm. that because mm. I mean we've got Ava Beato, we've got um Erica, and then we've got the whole like spiders thing. Spiders killing witches. Yeah. Yeah, it was a real, yeah. it was a really fun little image. Damn. Sayo comes to the conclusion that everything's got to go. Yeah, they've got, they need to free themselves from this cage of flesh. Yeah, um, it. They test the munitions on uh on the shrine. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes. And start formulating a plan. Yeah, and you get the snippets of them asking Kumasawa and uh nanjo to help with a prank and genji to help with the actual murder um yeah and he's just like sure he's solemn about it but he's like sure and at this point i'm like this is the moment to realize you fucked up and maybe you could help and do something different but no he's just gonna go along with it again because he's so passive um anyway (laughs) i don't know because one assumes that while Sayo has been going through this whole ordeal. Mm. Genji has been going through an ordeal of his own. No, like Genji's got to be sitting there having his having a whole time thinking about the things he's done, living on his past mistakes. I hope so. <laughs> I hope yeah. he's. I, I hope he's reflecting. Well, he's kind of in his his. I imagine Genji's in his own hell. Um, yeah, so this is my point. It's like, well, okay, so we've watched Sayo essentially, like, trap themselves and then be like, okay, my only out is suicide and I'm gonna do it by taking all of these fuckers with me. Yeah. Um, what, what's to say Genji hasn't come to a similar conclusion? That's true. What's to say Genji's not like, I have fucked this so badly. That actually this is the answer. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, and let's take a few capitalists um, with us on the way, eh, comrade? And to be honest, that is... It is interesting. Like I like the way this is done because it is very much framed as... This is not a... I'm going to kill everyone who's hurt me. This is a... I'm going to end my life. And also, essentially, mercy kill all of the people who are involved with it because they also have been, like, poisoned by the influence of Kinzo and are also doomed. Yeah, and I'll destroy yeah. all of this wealth on the way out. Yeah. I would argue that you could probably put it to better use. Yeah. Um, than just blow it up, but But I would um I would forgive Sayo's very narrow worldview, not of their own fault, uh, for not necessarily realizing that. Sayo understand what a charity is and donate challenge. <laughs> We see that Sayo has investigated all of their, like, pasts. Uh, they have a little, like, pin board saying Goda was fired from his job at a hotel for uh, problems with women. Uh, Rosa is... The, the uh, child welfare is considering taking Maria away from Rosa, thank God. Um, <laughs> and they, they fully see the family as the fruit of this cursed gold that can never... Uh, yeah, that they can't escape from. Uh, I love the insight into Goda. Um, of course, he's a misogynist. This makes perfect sense. Um, <laughs> <laughs> problems with women, of course. Um, the lone heterosexual of the island. No. Uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, it's really interesting seeing all of this kind of... The justification. And also, um, they kind of... They look at Maria as well and kind of decide that and this this courtesy isn't extended to anybody else seemingly but maria's death must be peaceful and undisturbed by others which i guess is the reason why maria only ever dies by a poisoning or explosion which would be instant death um yeah at least at the hands of sayo <laughs> um, yes yeah we yeah, uh I'm... yeah we see sayo go through all the uh, all the adults as uh, potential accomplices. Mm. Um, yeah. Which is really funny and... because Sayo's like, Sayo immediately kind of says, Natsui's an idiot. <laughs> well, in fairness. I mean, yeah, in fairness, but she doesn't mention Kraus. And I'm like, I think you've, I think you've misinterpreted this couple. Like, yes, Natsui's an idiot, but she's cleverer than Kraus is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's true. And also, Goda's a little rat. <laughs> Goda is a little uh, rat. I, just I do like that, um, that. that she, she catches on to um, Kyrie and Rudolph, you know, if they can't get them on, they have to go first, if not, they're not a company. Yeah. Uh, because they'll, they'll probably work it out. I also think it's really interesting the way that Sayo sets up the rules for the murder plot because they've got the kind of the basis of yeah, the plan being uh, the explosives and their time to go off or whatever. Do you want to explain the rules, Connie? Yeah, so we fir- we get first we get the first two rules, yeah. which are rule X, different co-conspirators each time, all adults are in need of money, buying their cooperation is easy. <laughs> rule Y, any lies that all parties agree upon are depicted as reality, even better when it pertains to locked rooms. Those who see golden butterflies are either on the culprit's side or dead. Those who have not been bought off will will not see the butterflies until 30 minutes before their death. Which is super interesting because that rule has absolutely nothing to do with 
constructing the murder plots or anything. It's entirely about how the story of the murders is told. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So it kind of, it depicts them as kind of writing these up as like essentially witch fairy tales before they enact them as murders. Um, and presumably that's what gets into the the message bottles mm-hmm. that are found. Yes, yeah, yeah. But yeah, I just think that was a really interesting way of doing it. It kind of it kind of reads as a kind of cathartic way of killing them over and over again um, for themselves that they've managed to kind of, and also a, a way that yeah, like a way that in which the witch is the one doing the killing each time, rather than they're not writing a story where they are killing all of their family again and again. They're writing yes, a story in which a witch is doing it, which is different. <laughs> yeah. And also, they they are amongst the victims of the mm. witch in each of yeah. these stories because the, because the entire murder plot is about how they are they are all victims essentially. Um, we get a fun little graphic during these rules of like a bunch of plots going around the outside, and then there's an invisible cutout of a witch in the middle mm. of like Beato with her arms raised and the dress, and I'm like, that's really fun. Yeah, you're doing some fun visual stuff here. I appreciate that. Yeah, and then we get a sort of meta thing with Lambda Delta. Yeah, yes. Where, yes. Um, Who turns up and's like, hey, yeah. I'll sponsor you as a witch. This confused me a little bit because I was curious. That I was like, is this something Sayo is imagining happening? Is this something that's really happening? Because like, kind of to accept that the, the plot of Umaneko is happening, you kind of have to believe that the meta world and the witches in that are real. Otherwise, yeah, it kind yeah, of breaks so... down. The thing with the the meta world is it's sort of separate from reality. It's its own kind of meta, mm. if that makes sense. There's two ways of reading this to me. Either one, the meta world is the only thing that we can be certain of. Yeah, that the island is obviously all of these cat boxes etc etc and therefore you believe everything happens in the meta world you believe that this is fundamentally a story about witches telling the story of a bunch of humans dying over and over or you're like we are just using the meta world as a framing device for us to be able to see the tale or this is made up by sayo in which Mm. case umaneko is a murder mystery psychological horror which has this layer of the like witches and framing device that adds an extra level of confusion essentially a way this... to to like give us a give us a way to see multiple different ways of a scenario playing out in a way that makes sense to us i i like to see the meta world as a really interesting narrative device mm. to help explore the themes of the work but yeah i think on the like any human world scenes we see there's, the, there's not a literal meta world interaction, yeah. if that makes sense. It's it's separate, and I think that's an I think that's a really interesting narrative device that Ryukishi uses, um, and yeah, I, I think it adds quite a lot. But to yeah, the story, I was wondering but... from this from I was just wondering in that in this scenario whether Sayo is believing that they're talking to Lambda Delta the witch, and that or whether that is um, just kind of a another again another witch truth to tie it all together um i'm not sure it matters necessarily but i don't we've never had like a concrete explanation either way but i personally my interpretation is this is an additional meta layer um i don't think 
uh, Lambda Delta and Burncastle are Sayo's creations, uh, partly because of some stuff with Higurashi, and uh, partly because um, I believe they're much more interesting when viewed as gra- uh, grander ideas rather than as like imaginary mm. friends. Yeah, I think this is a really interesting interpretation that you are saying, Courtney. The alternative is I can really understand the like the quite a human desire of believing that whatever you are doing and that your life and death contributes to something grander Mm. and so i think it makes a lot of sense to be like no there's this grander world of witches that i'm actually creating this beautiful cat box that people are going to think is incredible and is going to attract these powerful witches um whether or not these powerful witches are concepts that ryukishi consistently depicts as a cat girl and <laughs> someone with a lot of bows on their head or whether Sayo has just invented the cat girl I'm uncertain I don't think it's outside the realms of possibility that Sayo would want a kind of um a character or another big witch or something to um to determine which way the roulette fell if you know what I mean mm. to like um to ascribe that to a witch choosing rather than Oh, random chance, mm-hmm. or we still don't get an explanation of how they actually chose any of the <laughs> the co-conspirators or anything. Um, but um, yeah, I'm presuming that it was probably something quite boring that they then ascribed some kind of magicness to. Yeah, um, yeah, we get some sort of insight into their ideas to the witch murders, such mm-hmm. as drugging the adults. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, doing locked room tricks with the fact that they have, uh, you know, Shannon two, and Cannon's two master, master keys, keys. yeah, yeah, because um, we get a full breakdown of the locked room chain. Um, yeah, that's quite nice to actually have an explanation of that. So it, the, we also cover the fucking love game, which is really interesting. Um, little asterisk, fun thing that it does. Um, Jessica and George, obviously, Sayo has met prior to this and so their characters there's a little frame where their characters are filled out and their battler's just like a shadowy shape and it's not very obvious because of the sketchy way that it's done but I'm like oh because you don't know what battler looks like That's you don't cute. know his his like present yeah. day self yeah um yeah yeah it's cute but they 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 go into the love game and I'm like yes gaslight gatekeep god boss <laughs> manipulate George look at him he's so sad <laughs> uh, good night yeah and uh, and and Saya then starts having a bit of a breakdown about killing the people they love and their families, basically. Yeah, um, yeah, which go- makes sense because they do admit that what they really want is for their loves to survive and for them all to be happy. But obviously, there's no scenario in which that works in any way. Um, I would argue there's yeah. probably better scenarios than everyone dying, um, but they're not simple, and no. they're not not painful no. either. So. I can understand why. This is the nice thing. I can understand why from this from this explanation why they did it, and I like Simply that. Simply get Gan- <laughs> Genji to siphon off all the gold, quit your fucking job, and go and like I don't know, buy a different island. <laughs> buy a different island. Just literally move anywhere buy where you know the people surrounding you are not your own family. Yeah, use the 10 tons of gold to hire a therapist. <laughs> if you're going to kill anyone, kill that therapist when you die. 
um, <laughs> so that the story never gets out, leave it. That's fine. Oh, I just had a cool idea for a story where the entire story is basically like a therapist talking to someone and, and this person like confessing everything to them. And at the end, the person just kills the therapist because they're like, no, this can't come out. <laughs> Have you ever watched Interview with a Vampire? Because no. that is the plot. <laughs> oh, that's funny. He's like, hey, let me tell you the story of my life. The story is I'm a vampire. Also, good night. Now you have to die. Jump. I just, I, I can't believe I wrote Interview with a Vampire. Incredible. Could you cast someone who <laughs> isn't a Scientologist in it, please? Yeah, yeah, I'll go oh, back no. and change that. <laughs> yeah, it's like Brad Pitt, Tom Cruise, and then uh, River Phoenix. And I'm like, oh dear. <laughs> combo <laughs> cult show moving moving swiftly forward yeah um how this kind of plays out is sayo decides to add rule z the final rule which is yeah. uh, rule z someone please stop me i won't pray for absolute certainty i want you to solve it so i won't put too much pressure on you winning by killing everyone or losing by having my mystery solved are both outcomes i desire yeah, so it's basically like they want they want someone to work out who they are so that they don't have to tell anybody because they've already established that they can't. Um, yeah. I, I will say, unfortunately for them, that whether or not the person is told by Sayo or works it out for themselves, I still don't think the relationship is going to go anywhere. No. um so like it's still not going to be a good outcome um yeah but at this point they don't see any good outcomes themselves (laughs) which makes sense i don't think there i don't really there aren't many i don't think there is a good outcome there are better outcomes but there aren't there is no good one uh for this situation um but yeah, they kind of suspected like Battler was probably the person who would solve it if anyone did. But they were like, yeah, I'd be equally happy if George or Jessica did it. Um, and that would be kind of, they frame it as kind of like that would be the winner of the love game. But yeah, I'm like, after all of that, they, they aren't going to settle down with you, though, I'm afraid. No. Especially if you've already murdered several of their family by that point. <laughs> um, and that is also um, one of the reasons... Why they write in the um, if you figure out the gold riddle, I'll stop conditions. Yeah. yeah, because it's a it's an interesting it's an interesting one. Um, because Sayo doesn't want them to solve the epitaph; they want to they want them to solve the who am I uh riddle. Um, yeah, but I guess it would be a bit too obvious if they said that in the letter. Um, yeah, at the beginning. Yeah, yeah, and they, they send off the message bottles uh, and they also mention about the cards that they sent to uh, all the family members that were left behind. It would be mm. so awkward if they didn't blow up the island and they had to be like, shit, shit, shit. I need to collect those message bottles back. <laughs> Sorry, um, don't open that letter, please. They're like, why is there fan fiction about our family all being murdered here? And so I was like, I don't know. Whose handwriting is that? <laughs> yeah, it's really weird that I had this murder plot, but you, you know, whatever. Like, didn't Beatrice uh, yeah. say she was going to do this? And then you've written it. No. Ah. <laughs> Who's Beatrice? Never heard of her. She sounds like a bitch. <laughs>
I do think it would have been lovely if we'd got this information out of the game. But I did really enjoy reading the manga because it's really it's interesting. The art's good. The composition's good. The writing's good. It was a nice change. <laughs> yes, yeah. I am. Um, yeah, I, uh, I enjoyed reading this. I think... I understand where Ryukishi came from with the original presentation of Sayo's backstory, but I think hopefully this is sort of helped clear it all up. I think, well, of... this is the thing, is that yeah. if I had read this presentation of the Sayo backstory without the games one, I don't think that works either. I think they work together. Um, yeah. I would personally rewrite them into one that includes some of the bits where, you know, they're six years old and a servant and being bullied and stuff as well. Um but not as much of it, <laughs> but also includes this later section. Um. Like most famous novels, Umaneko requires supplementary reading in order to be enjoyed. <laughs> yeah, which I I don't think is, um, I don't think that makes a good piece of work if you need to read several other things just to understand it. James um, Joyce would like to have a word with you. <laughs> James Joyce intentionally wrote something he knew nobody would be able to understand, and for that we hate him. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck James Joyce. At least Ryukishi, at l on some level, wanted you to understand what was going on here. Yeah. Um, he yeah. may not have succeeded in all places. That's right, Ryukishi, you're better than James Joyce. You take that. Um, <laughs> I don't know whether he'd consider that a compliment. I'm not sure I would. Like it's That's such but... a low bar. That's such a low bar. <laughs> Um, I'm just typing Umineko into JSTOR to see if something happens. <laughs> you think if someone's written um, okay, there appears academic to be... essays on it. <laughs> okay, there is an there's an essay on otaku that mentions Umineko. Mm, um, makes sense. And I think there's one on like uh, okay, ones come up about. South Korea's sex industry and Japan's involvement in it, gender and politics. Okay, maybe this isn't Umaneko. This appears there's another book called Umaneko. Ah, okay, that makes sense. Doesn't Umaneko just mean seagull in Japanese? Yeah. Okay, let me put so that might be an into J Store. I think if people are going to be writing anything, it would be on Higurashi because it's the more popular of the two works. Potentially. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> you found things haven't you yes yeah for some reason they keep calling it when they cry which is so funny um oh there's one here on madoka magica that compares higurashi and madoka magica i'll send that over for you courtney i bet you'll love that one thanks you know how much i love madoka magica <laughs> like, i don't actually what are your feelings on it oh I, i'll be here for a while oh definitely then <laughs> I, I think the feelings are broadly negative, right? Um, it's because I don't like the guy who wrote it very much, and some of his worst tend—it's probably his best work, but like a lot of his worst tendencies are in it. So it's like, <laughs> you know. Also, it had some broader implications on the magical girl genre, which um, are a bit upsetting. <laughs> I d I didn't like the guy who wrote it very much. It's such a real take on a piece of media. That's so, that's so, <laughs> God. Um, me someone asked here, me recently, like, like Genera Butchie. <laughs> someone asked me recently, oh, do you think um, 
Iron Maiden's Power Slave album is like kind of racist for all its Egypt theming. And I was like, nah, I like these guys. <laughs> I was like, those two things don't necessarily <laughs> track. <laughs> well, also, Ryukishi's biggest fan. You obviously are a um, Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, yeah. Really big I'm, fan I'm, <laughs> I, I don't think Ryukishi is telling a story that is not necessarily his to tell. I don't think Ryukishi um, is exploring uh, trans issues in a strange or harmful way at all it's all mm. good I wait like do, you, do you actually feel feel that i don't know i was i started saying it and i was like actually could i back that one up i don't think I. yeah could. i yeah i was like i yeah i i like he might yeah. be like i think he he may very well he's whether or not there's like transness going on with him he's clearly got some in some thoughts about gender um Yes. Which, I, you know, have, as we all. This is one of the reasons why I find um, Shikanan really compelling as characters, because they're such, like, an individual interpretation of what this one person assumes as, like, perfect masculinity and perfect femininity. And yeah. That's why I find them so interesting. Yeah, that it's is a of, lot of fun. I think, I yeah. think having, having the gender, um, the gender crisis come from, uh, injury is an interesting one um i don't know i i don't know whether i like it's controversial i would say i would i imagine some trans people are like yeah it it it's fine some some would be like mm, feels bad um to have that presented as the the kind of source of it all but as i'm gonna remain maintain my neutral stance by saying i don't really know how i feel about it <laughs> I think mm. I would feel more negative about it if it was just a murder. If they were like, I'm going to murder all these people because I'm trans, but there's yeah, actually yeah, yeah. a lot more going on here. Yes. A lot of the things that are going on are not about gender. <laughs> no. Um, yeah. Not at all. It is quite sympathetic towards Sayo as well, which I appreciate. Um, yeah. I am thinking as I am talking about this about... Um, oh God. Do you remember the like Tumblr post that turned into a graphic novel that turned into a TV show and then they had a bunch of child actors on it and one of them essentially got outed as bisexual and it was a whole thing? Heartstopper. No. Oh, Heartstopper. oh yeah. Heartstopper. One of the actors got outed as like bisexual essentially. Was this because they were excused of being a straight person playing a queer person? Was that? Yeah, it? yeah. And, oh. It's so shitty to be like, oh, you can't talk about this thing, write about this thing if you're not queer. Yeah. Ergo, you've got to out yourself as queer in order to talk and write about it. So I don't know that I fundamentally am like, Ria Kishi, you need to come yeah. out and tell everybody if you want to talk gender. about this. Yeah. If you want right. to talk about this, it just also feels really weirdly placed. It's like, there's a tension here because there's so often do you find cishet people writing about like particularly trans issues and then that's how you get the danish girl <laughs> which i've not seen yeah. but don't bother um, yeah. don't bother eddie redmayne's very pretty but he's not a trans woman <laughs> I d whether or not ria kishi drew on a personal experience all the experiences of trans people around him or not to write this i would say that like the bits that are that do mirror trans narratives are done pretty well as yeah. far as i can tell like i don't have a i, I don't have a binary trans perspective um <laughs> um but like we've got <laughs> one here in the studio tonight but <laughs> but um 
yeah it, it seems to it seems to be done handled quite well um yeah like uh, i am um, i'd say for me i think ryukishi and also the um the, the manga team uh i think they understood that with this kind of thing less is more yeah and i think it helps that they don't really delve in on it a huge amount i think that makes it more effective yeah uh we yeah. get like the sort of Things that would cause someone going through this distress, but we don't really dwell too much on the intricacies of that distress. Yeah. If that um, makes sense. A lot of it is, like, child-based, which makes sense to this character, because we've established in the beginning that they really want to have a family. Something that they only sort of had. They want to have a proper family of their own, and that's just been taken away from them. Uh, have either of you read The Wasp Factory, by the way? No, I haven't. Used to be my favourite book when I was a teenager because it was incredibly fucked up. And as a teenager, I I just loved reading things that were so fucked up. I don't know how I'd feel about it now, honestly. Uh, spoilers, by the way, I'm going to ruin the ending. Um, basically, it's about a boy who lives on a remote island with his dad who does really who does really fucked up things like collect bits of his own fluids and stuff like that. It's all kind of gross. And he also creates a divination machine in which he puts a wasp into this big box he's created. And depending on where the wasp dirt goes, it will die in a different way. And he uses that to predict the future. Anyway, um, the upshot of all of this, he also has a crisis about his sexuality because he's kind of disgusted by women. The, <laughs> the upshot of this as well is he's killed three of his relatives. He's killed three people. Um... And he's not really remorseful about this. Um, and he killed, I think he killed his little brother when he was like five or something. Like it's, it's all deeply mm. fucked up. And um, his older brother is mad and has been, has broken out of the like mental hospital or something and is going to come and find him and sets dogs on fire. Anyway, um, the entire, the the reveal at the end is that this guy, he has a he he's he's undergoing a gender crisis, as he has been throughout his life. Because apparently, as a two year old, a dog bit off his dick and left him with a little nubbin. Um, and he, you know, he has big crisis of masculinity about this and blah blah blah. It turns out at the end that he's not a boy, and that he was actually biologically female the whole time, and that his dad lied to him about the whole dog biting his dick off story and actually had him on hormone blockers and so what he had was actually an enlarged clitoris insane um i can't remember if there's an actual reason he did that (laughs) um but yeah it was an interesting kind of look into like that there was some stuff going on in gender in that book but it just it i the parallel of kind of like injury as relating to gender um yeah it's such it's a the only one that it's the only narrative that kind of reminded me of umaneko <laughs> in kind of in terms of that um, I, I think this is a really good example of how that shit can go really wrong, wrong right yeah like there is a lot of potential for ryukishi to have like fucked up here um, yeah i think i think if i reread that book now i'd fucking hate it yeah so <laughs> Yeah, like I said, I think less is more here, and I think it's handled 
respectfully because it doesn't really go there too much. Yeah. Which I, I think is probably the best way to do it. And it means you can kind of... It means actual trans people can use their own experience to, like, yeah. fill in the gaps, basically. Yeah. 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 Um, that That is definitely true. Um, I'm sorry, I'm googling Ian M. Banks now, writer of the Wasp Factory, because the name rings a bell. Um, and I'm like... He's a big writer. I like. I really like his sci-fi stuff, actually. Um, which he does go in, like, he he did, goes into gender quite a lot in the sci-fi things as well, with, like, people his, like, sci-fi society people can, like, change their you know, physical sex at will and stuff like that. And it's seemingly handled quite well. Um... Yeah, I don't know. Maybe the Wasp Factory is supposed to just be an absolute horror story. Um, but, yeah, um, the scariest thing is being transgender. I, th- I think the scary <laughs> thing would be having your gender light, like your body controlled and like yeah, your gender. Yeah. You know that that I think would be the hor- is what I meant by that. But yeah, I don't know how it stacks up in terms of morals because I've not read it since I was like sixteen. Um, I, I think it's good we got to fully go into the gender stuff because that I think is the weakness of the VN version is a lot of this is kind of left to implication. Yeah, um, yeah I think less is more, but the VN doesn't really go into it at all, yeah. which makes it just a bit confusing. The VN basically gives us that one line from uh, like Sayo after they find out they're concerned about their like mutilated body. And because it's about being mutilated, and like they do talk about in the manga as well that their body they describe as like ruined, um, yeah, that has some disturbing implications when not added with all of the other stuff. I feel like, like it makes sense that the character would feel that way, given that they've had no education on it and they're just being like, "Oh, this is a not normal thing that has happened to me," but um, yeah. The, the kind of implication that because they don't have normal genitals that they're somehow monstrous and mutilate and like furniture as it stands alone is not it, like without all of the other exploration is uh not great <laughs> yeah I am um, I I'm glad we got to read this uh, yeah I think I think it's 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 gonna be helpful going in kind of to the home stretch uh yes. do we have any kind of final thoughts on 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 this other than the stuff we've kind of gone over um ian m banks as far as i can (laughs) tell relatively based um please write in if you have evidence to the contrary he seems to be a relatively left-wing guy um Mm, he is yeah like protested a bunch of shit including the iraq war which i respect if i reread Um, this i'll reread this book at some point in the near future i'll give you my uh my present day rundown don't do I that to yourself. It. You're oh, all good. <laughs> I, I kind of want to at some point. Like That's it's fair. It is. There's some fucked up stuff though. It seems well, like it seems like he's was writing in the 80s as well, which is doesn't help in his favor. He's got um. There's a book called The Player of Games. I've got a hmm. review of it here, which is like, yeah, someone tried to do a post gender setting. Sadly, they were like a white dude, and it doesn't come off great. But like points for trying which I yeah think that's what i would say be. that's what i would say with his stuff i'm like i could definitely have pushed a lot of the gender stuff further with his things um yeah. like it's still quite binary uh at least in terms of humanity i'm not sure what he, i can't remember what he does in terms of aliens and stuff but he does he he has an effort has been made <laughs> 
Um, we'll take her. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm thinking he's writing at roughly the same time as like Left Hand of Darkness was being written. So there's like, like, I mean, yeah. Anyway, um, we can't all be Ursula Le Guin, but we can try. We can certainly (laughs) name ourselves after the attempt. (laughs) Um, Anyway, uh, yeah, okay. um, Umneko based feelings. Um, It was refreshing to read the manga. That's like the main feeling I have. I regret not listening to the soundtrack while listening to the manga. I should have done that. Um, Yeah. Yeah. um, I like the manga. I do not wish to reread the whole manga to supplement the whole of the visual novel, though. Um, Um, (laughs) I will say, if there are any bits from the VN that you kind of ever want to re-experience, I would recommend reading the interpretation of the manga Mm. because there's some quite fun stuff. If there's any particular scenes or like, I wonder how that would have been drawn. Yeah. I'd do that yeah. rather than watch the anime. <laughs> oh, don't worry. I won't I won't go to the anime for any of my uh Good. questions I've been and seriously considering watching the anime. Well if you do, do it with me. We'll make it a movie night. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we'll get drunk. Uh that would be Hell fun. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um yeah. So um yeah, glad we got to do that, but now we are going back to the VN. Our manga interlude is is over. Um Next episode week, eight. Uh, Who knows what's going to be in that? Uh, we are reading from the prologue to the end of chapter three, Returning the Gold. I have no, I literally no idea what this entire episode is going to be about. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, there's some fun stuff in store. Um, okay. Also, congratulations, guys. We've been doing this for uh, over a year now. Yay! Yay! Umin anniversary. <laughs> Umin anniversary. <laughs> So for everyone who's been listening since the beginning or who has joined us along this journey, thank you so much. Uh, we yeah, really appreciate you, your, your love and support. Uh, I hope you. you guys have enjoyed it as much as I have. Uh, I've, I've genuinely had a really good time doing this. So I love recording a podcast with my friends. That is a very different. And I love answer. you for doing that. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I hope I did... that whatever games we go on to in the future will be slightly less painful for you. I'm excited for them to be um, differently shorter. painful. Shorter, yeah. <laughs> um, yes. The, uh, yeah. So I had a conversation with a friend recently about Ace Attorney and they were like, nah, you're going to hate Ace Attorney. The difference is it's not going to take 20 hours a week. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, that's oh. what I'm looking for. I'm going to continue hating. Yeah. Haters keep hating. You're going you're gonna to stay as a hater, I love you, it. You can't um, take the hater out of Rowan. No, you can take That's you can true. take you can take Rowan out of him, but I hope you can't take the hate out of Rowan. <laughs> uh, um, um, so uh, yeah, we uh, uh, find all our social media in the description. I have also started doing some Twitch streaming, specifically Ace Attorney Investigations and Fire Emblem Echoes. So if you don't get enough Courtney content each week, feel which free to check none me of us out. truly do. You could live with Courtney and you would <laughs> not this get is, enough Courtney content. This is the platform from which your famous Twitch career starts, Courtney. Is that this is it, on yeah. This, this, is how I, this is how I hit the big time. Yeah. Um, I, I mostly just want to hit affiliates so I can uh, make people uh, use channel points to play silly sounds during my streams. <laughs> that's, that's my ulterior motive. Um, probably ulterior motive, silly noise. <laughs> silly noise. <laughs> 
I'm like, Love yeah, that. people subscribing to me is nice, but it's like, what, like two pounds? Nah, mate. Nah, I want, I want the silly noise. If you have an Amazon Prime <laughs> subscription, you have a Twitch Prime subscription, and you can oh, use that no! Twitch Prime subscription to subscribe <laughs> to Courtney on Twitch. Rowan, we don't have ads yet. Why are you doing ads? <laughs> When, when she hits uh, 50 followers. Uh, we're getting there. We're getting yeah. there. Um, I should probably do that, huh? Follow my archaeology-themed meme page on Instagram. That's my side hustle. Do you want me to promo that? I will do it. Sure. Yeah, okay. Also follow Rowan's archaeology-themed meme page. It's completely I'm... illegible unless you work in construction. I'm still on the Tumblr. <laughs> I apologise that the queue has run a little bit dry recently. I was on holiday. I'll be back. <laughs> the Tumblr send fantastic. us more fan mail. Please check out the Tumblr. <laughs> I I maybe I will keep the pod updated if I migrate off Twitter. It's it's very tempting. Uh, so I'll uh, stay tuned. Um, um, thank you all for listening. Uh, yeah. Thank you guys so journey. much. We really appreciate it. Here's to another year of bitching about visual novels. Yay! Cheers! <laughs> Cheers, indeed. Thank Bonk. you and good night. <laughs> Bye!